This past week, I had the opportunity, and I'm very grateful for it, to have been able to relearn or rediscover something that I had already known but somehow had lost touch with. And that is feeling incredibly angry with and frustrated with someone. And it was a situation where I found myself so carried away with this. And I I also learned something else along the way. And that is that sometimes the more that I have at stake, in other words, the more of a personal investment that I have in any particular outcome, it's almost as if, in fact, it is, at least for me, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say for me, I can't speak for anyone else, but there is a definite correlation to the degree of the intensity of the feelings of anger and frustration the more of a personal stake I have in the outcome, the more I need somehow for things to go a certain way. And when they don't, the more angry I'm going to get. I don't think this is really any sort of major revelation to anyone that's listening to this, but it is interesting in that I had not really even considered that as I was beginning to speak about this. And this particular situation was definitely one of those that illustrated to me, and I realized it, unfortunately, not right away. Had I recognized it, that I really was had some sort of attachment to what had taken place with someone and what I had wanted to take place. Or in this case, it wasn't even that I really... I do believe going into this interaction with this person that there was a... There was a, a hope that there was going to be, and this is a person that I had not met before, so I had no way of, of knowing for sure how this uh, conversation was going to unfold. But I did find that there, looking back at it, that there certainly was, as, as generally, there is the hope that it's going to go well. There's the hope that it's going to be fruitful in some way. But even then again, that is that's that is an expectation and i it's easier said than done i have learned to be able to catch myself in the act of even and even if i'm not really investing a lot of time and energy and hoping that it goes well uh or hoping that the outcome is 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 beneficial for all for all parties involved there there still is a clinging to something and that is that is something that i do want to uh be able to point out as well that even even if I really don't want it that badly or even if I just have a little bit of a feeling of, of needing it somehow it's still me clinging to something I'm still I need something to happen and that is where I find that the suffering is and so after after this conversation there were some things that took place in terms of their hesitation to uh, to move forward with this, and I found myself, and it really took me by surprise because I this is this was a very very pleasant interaction. I felt like I learned a lot from it, and really felt great about it, and not it didn't have anything to do with me. I really have and found myself having a great deal of reverence and respect for the person that I had this conversation with. 
and really respect what they do and what they put out in the world. But unfortunately, they didn't see it the same way. And when these kinds of things happen, what I find is that where whatever suffering is going to take place, if I'm going to feel anger and I'm going to feel frustration and or and or disappointment, then it is really all on me. In other words, I, uh, I there there is no blame, and I'm certainly not blaming anyone else. That if this is the way that I felt, I really was in a position where I somehow was going to. And I didn't have to. I clearly could have chosen not to cope with it. I could have engaged in all sorts of self-destructive behaviors. And those don't have to necessarily be severely self-destructive. It could just be feeling sorry for for myself. It could just be, uh, you know, ruminating over this over and over and over again. And not, uh, not uh, you know, not, not letting myself move on from it. Just replaying... Uh, what took place over and over and over again, whatever it was that made me angry and whatever it is that frustrated me about that encounter, that I could choose to do those things. I could choose to become very bitter. I could choose to close my heart to this person. I could choose to close my heart to any other people that I've not met before and even people that I know and even people that I'm close to. And it's so interesting because the more I explored that just now, I realized that self-destructive behavior isn't always catastrophically or severely self-destructive. It can be very subtle and it can sometimes, I think that's what happens is that before I started practicing mindfulness, the self-destructive patterns that I engaged in and that I invested time and energy in a lot of, in a lot of cases, I wasn't really aware of the fact that I was engaging in self-destructive behaviors. I really had no idea what I was doing to myself. I just knew that I was, it was unhappy, miserable, dissatisfied, feeling disenchanted with the process of being a human being, uh, not feeling good about life and a host of other types of negative thought constructs. And I shouldn't even say negative because I realized there really is no positive and negative. It all is part of the the entirety of this experience. But in this case, thankfully, after spending and I'd say and it doesn't even really necessarily matter how long, but it's in my mind, if I if if the if the idea here is, and I don't want to call it a goal, but if the idea is for me not to suffer needlessly, and this is not really a selfish pursuit, it's not really even a pursuit now that I say that. It is just this is this is what I this is this is what I want for myself because ultimately whatever energy that I have and put out in the world affects other people. If the idea for me is to be the best human that I can be, not from a self-improvement standpoint, not from an optimization, I'm not trying to optimize my humanness, but I do want to be able to keep my heart open. I do want to be able to have my heart open to other people. I do want to be willing to take risks and take chances. And I know that I can't do that if I wallow in my own feelings of anger and frustration with someone and being disappointed about the way something went in terms of an interaction with someone. And thankfully, the mindfulness practice, uh, and I'm so grateful for this, and I never, I don't know that I can ever stop saying that. I know it's probably, it's something that I certainly do say often, but it, at the end of the day, 
it is something that ultimately makes the difference in terms of my willingness to be in life fully, to be able to, uh, to fully open my heart to other people. And in this case, I became aware very quickly, relatively quickly, that this is what happened. And what I was in, this is what I was engaging in. This is what I was doing. I was getting really wrapped up in these angry thoughts and these frustrated thoughts that I was having. And once I was able to realize that, it, it became so much easier to just let go of it. And, and there again, I could not necessarily, it wasn't about cheering myself up. It wasn't about beating myself up emotionally for feeling this way about someone it really was just about recognizing that even in the moment, even though I was thinking these thoughts, that really things were not as bad as I thought that they were. And that I could actually, in this case, a perspective that I really had not had available to me during the process of identifying as the person that is angry and frustrated and can't believe that this is the way this has turned out. And I tried my best and I gave it all. I did everything that I could possibly do. These are all just thoughts in my head. How could this person do this? How, how could this happen? I tried. What, you know, what, what, what kind of, why am I being punished? I mean, there's all these, and it's amazing is that these are all, uh, these are all just thoughts in my head. These are all just notions. These are all just the gy- the emotional gyrations of a person who is completely wrapped up in thoughts of being angry and frustrated and feeling like a victim and being confused and not knowing why something happened a certain way. And so once I could let go of that and I, and once I became aware of it, and that's really ultimately what we're practicing in addition to paying attention to our thoughts, one of the hardest things besides paying attention to our thoughts, because sometimes it can be so incredibly painful to experience and really see, and I, and I use the word see kind of in a, uh, not in a literal sense, but in, in really getting in touch with what it is that we're thinking. What exactly are the thoughts going through our head? What are we telling ourselves? And what is our self-talk? And what I find is that the, the other side of this coin is that if I'm going to do that, and why, you know, why would I watch my own thoughts? Why would I pay attention to them? It is really about the fact that I can't let go of them. I can't allow them to dissipate. I can't get out of my own way and let that and, and let this process happen unless I have practiced letting it happen. And I know in the very early stages of practicing mindfulness, it was very painfully difficult to not only really look at my thoughts and see them and hear them. I mean, there's so many different ways we can experience these thoughts in our heads and really, you know, let them out into the light of day. And they, I know that old saying that sunshine is the best disinfectant. Uh, In this case, yeah, sometimes letting the light of day shine on these thoughts and really being able to really look at them without believing them. And it takes time. It's certainly something that didn't happen for me right away. And it really is a process, and there's no there's no race to run. I'm not trying to set any records for getting there. And in fact, I would even go as far as to say that I'm not completely there yet and never will be. 
that this is really a process. There, there really is no finish line. I never am going to get to a point where, like some sort of pre-programmed machine that is going to operate perfectly each and every time and, and can be optimized and tuned up, so to speak, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to slip and fall. I'm, you know, because of the fact that I'm human, like all of us, I'm going to, uh, going to catch myself in the act of thinking things and believing what I'm thinking and cherishing them and holding them close, those thoughts close to me because they're mine and being able to realize that I don't have to do that. I can, if I choose, but I know ultimately it's not going to lead to me being able to be the best person that I can be in the moment out in the world while life is, all the things are happening around me and to be able to really, you know, love other people and serve other people and do the, do the best work that I can do and make my contribution. So it really does take time and it is, it is really about not only noticing the thoughts, but also getting more comfortable with somehow being able to allow them to move through us. And I realize, I realize it took me a while to understand and really appreciate and internalize that I can't necessarily chase those, uh, you know, I can't chase those thoughts away. The energy, they're, they're ultimately energy moving through my body and then ultimately through my mind. And so it's a matter of getting more comfortable with being uncomfortable because being able to let them go. And it's something that we're all capable of. It's, this is, I, there's nothing special about me. I don't have any special powers or any special training of any sort. It's just a matter of endeavoring to have an openness to allowing this in our lives and being, being willing to, uh, to let these things move through us. And to, there's no way to avoid it. I know that I've certainly tried that in the past and that certainly doesn't work. And it's really just about being, you know, being in the moment, being who we really are. And in this case, knowing that this is, this is what happens in life sometimes. And the good news is that there is a practice that enables us to be able to have hopefully a more meaningful and more joyful experience. It certainly is, is no guarantee that it's always going to be that way. And it's certainly not a magic bullet that's going to fix everything that ails us, so to speak. But I know that some things that I, that that are unavoidable, there's so many things that I can't, can't control in this life journey. But I know this, that what, one of the things I can control and even, and it's, and it's actually kind of almost like a paradox if, if I have any control at all, it's only that I'm giving up control and in that I can actually open myself up to life and open my heart up to other people and allow myself to be who I really am in those moments because I know that I don't have to fear what I'm going to think about whatever it's going to feel like to do that. I can face life in each moment without needing to control the outcome so much, without needing to orchestrate how it's going to go, without deciding that I know what's best for how it, how the, what the outcome should be and what it is that I need in terms of that outcome. And ultimately, what's so amazing to me is that by be, being able to pay attention to and realize that the anger and frustration I was feeling really was not real. Those were just that. It was just notions in my head. 
is for me one of the most freeing things that I have ever experienced to know that I'm not my thoughts and that for me that's the only path to freedom if there is a path to freedom if there is any way to experience freedom it for, for me at least it has been that I don't have to believe these angry and frustrated thoughts I'm not I tend to realize I'm not a frustrated and angry person I'm just whoever I am in the moment without really needing to even be defined at all by what it is that I'm thinking and or experiencing. That to me is where the ultimate freedom is. And thankfully, mindfulness practice is one of the practices. It's not the only one. There are clearly other healing modalities and there's no real right or wrong way. There's no blueprint, no master blueprint for everyone. It is ultimately a, it's a journey of discovery. But I know that I can't really discover what's best for me. I can't really figure out or uh, discover what it is that's going to heal me until I can at least calm my mind to a certain degree through meditative practices and get more in touch with how I am not helping myself in any way at all with, you know, without beating myself up emotionally by uh, how I'm not helping myself at all by believing what it is that I'm thinking about what I'm feeling. It's really as simple as that. It's very, very powerful. Not always easy, but it is something that certainly has worked for me, and I'm so grateful for that.